Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Hi, and welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm here today with our special guest, Chris Wilson of ASIC Recovery Services. Say hi to the viewers, Chris. Hey, how are y'all? Before we get started, please like, share, and subscribe at FromBeerToTheBible.com. We're going to come to you with our Bible verse of the day, and it's from Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Today, we're talking about accepting help and the recovery services that are available to any of you guys um, that are needing help and wanting help for a loved one or yourselves. Um, so Chris um, owns ASIC Recovery Services. They do sober living, intensive outpatient counseling and intervention services. So I wanted to kind of talk about each one of those and what they do for somebody and how they can help because they can help individually and they can also help um, when you put them all together and they can take someone to the next level. So um, it, it's not always about going to treatment. Treatment definitely helps the real alcoholic and addict, but so does 12-step recovery and so does um, different services. And so you have to you know, you can call a place like ASIC Recovery and they can do a full assessment to figure out your level of care and what your loved one or you needs, whether it is just individual counseling, whether it is um, going to sober living and intensive outpatient, whether it is going to treatment. Um, and a lot of times in recovery, someone might meet um, a level of care and, and then they get in the rooms and, and they realize they need something more. And you guys are really good about saying, okay, you know, I think that we're not the right place for you, you need to go to a higher level of care and then come back to us later. So let's start with um, a little bit about that. Chris, you are a counselor. You did get um, go to school to become an LCDC. That's a licensed chemical dependency counselor. Um, and they are a little bit different in that we specialize in substance abuse recovery and all the things that go along with that. And so will you tell us a little bit about um, that and then the, the services that you provide? For the, uh, the counseling? Yes, all of it. All of it. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned um, a lot of that stuff with calling in regards to what level of care do I need? Um, you know, an assessment can be done. Um, a lot of times, you know, if a person's not able to stay stop for, you know, multiple days in a row, we can't take them in our, you know, our house unless they can pass a, a UA, okay. um, which is usually about three days out because we alcohol test for three days. Okay. Um, so if you can't stay stopped long enough to even do that, we're not the level of care, hands down. Yeah. Um, chances are there may be a detox that's needed or inpatient or both. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, we are able to, you know, take people that need that level of care. Um, but we, with our sober living, it's also, you know, considered transitional living. So we have our, um, as part of our program, we have our IOP. So, which, you know, is three days a week. Um, it's three hour groups, Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Mm -hmm. We have them in morning and in evening. So if you work either way, we can make it happen. Um, and then you see a counselor for individuals once a week. Yeah. Um, we are 12 step recovery based. 
Um, we do work with trauma, grief, um, boundaries, um, so codependency, which tends to be pretty common too as well. Yeah. So, um, and then we have our interventions as well. Sometimes um, there's someone who's not really quite there yet, but they're not ready to listen to family because family is you're too close. So having um, intervention done where you can sit down with someone to facilitate it in the proper way um, can usually, you know, have increases 90% chances is what it says for the NADAC um, for success rate to get somebody into treatment. Yeah. So a little bit about intervention services. If you have a loved one that needs to go to treatment, can't stop using, um, and you don't know what to do, you know, because a lot of times family members want to step in and it just, it, it tears the family apart and they don't want, they, they resist, resist, resist. What an interventionist does is works with the family prior to um, and really gets a lot of information, needed information about the potential um, patient and then comes together for a formal intervention. And it's not like what you see on TV. It's more of the we're here because we love you. We, we're here because we care about you and we want you to seek help. And so can you walk us through a little bit about how you do interventions and how you prep the family beforehand? Absolutely. Um, usually it's gathering information about the whole you know, circumstance, what's going on, what led, led you to this, to this point. Um, what's the family dynamics in the whole thing? Um, that can even go down to the placement of where you put people when you're putting circling them up to talk to them. Sure. Um, down to writing a letter, proofreading it to make sure that we don't cause any more harm. Um, but a way to convey um, a message. Um, it's really hard sometimes in the moment to stay in the moment of without getting tangled up and pointing fingers and all that stuff. So having those done, you know, in advance um, and then having someone there to facilitate those things and having a plan. Um, what does that look like, you know, for inpatient? Um, have we ran benefits and whatnot? Have we talked to them? Is there availability? What about transportation? Um, do we have a bottom line? Um, what does that look like for your loved one? You know, are they able to stay where they're at or, yeah. are they, you know, are we taking things away that they're holding on to? Um, are we helping creating a bottom so they can, you know, come to surrender to say, hey, you know what, I'm willing to do it. And let's stop there and talk a little bit about that because that's very important is having a bottom. Um, we talk about enabling a lot. And so just share with our viewers um, or, or a loved one out there that is looking for services, what enabling, what enabling does to an addict or alcoholic? Yeah, I mean, in the end, it keeps their lifeline going. It's um, another way that they can hold on to things that, you know, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's a car, a uh, roof over the head, all these little things still help continue the process instead of realizing I don't have anything and now I'm on the streets. Yeah. And so the, the willingness becomes a higher. Greater. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking about raising the bottom, it, it is, it's taking those things away from that individual that um, are perpetuating that addiction. And so um, for me, it was, it was actually, for me, it was my humility. I didn't go into treatment for a long time because I thought going to treatment was the most humility, humiliating thing that could ever happen to me. And so I, it wasn't because I didn't need it, but when the interventionist came into my home and shared his experience, strength and hope, um, shared what treatment was and what it was not, I instantly felt a peace come over me. Like this is my way out. I need to accept this help so that I could be better or I could become the person that God intended me to be. Um, and so in my own intervention experience, that's what it did for me. And so that's what I want you guys to understand is 
that an intervention is, is there to help you. And so you can call ASIC Recovery Services and you know, ask for an, an intervention or request an intervention to help you and your family get a loved one to treatment and get them the help that they really need. You Absolutely. are not in this alone. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about um, intensive outpatient. So intensive outpatient is a level of care when somebody does not meet inpatient criteria. They might not be drinking all the time. They might not be using all the time, but they're having some consequences um, or they potentially you know, have a job and they can't leave that job because they're supporting a family member, but it's still able to get you some of the help that you need to get sober. So talk a little bit about IOP. Yeah, I mean, in two ways to look at it, sometimes there's people that they don't fit the inpatient or they want to give you know outpatient a try first um, because maybe it's not as severe as it could be. And so they're able to do that as an option. And, and if they're able to complete that, hopefully, and then move on to be successful. If not, we have to refer up to a higher level of care. Um, the other thing is, is someone coming from inpatient and then coming, you know, as a step down to continue that, um, the services and, and the treatment to support, um, like the sober living, um, it's another way to do it, you know, exiting instead of entering. Um, sure. So, yeah. So just to recap, the first level of care you might potentially need is medical detoxification. You can die from alcohol withdrawal. You can have a seizure and die. And so somebody wants, somebody who's drinking every day, <clears throat> in order them to be help, to be safe, you want them to have a medical detoxification. I had a seizure in Walmart after day four of trying to um, detox myself and I could have died. And that is not something that you wanna do. So I just want, it's imperative to understand that you can die from some of these drugs. Um, so it's important to go through the detoxification process. The next level of care is residential treatment. And that's when you go for a 30 to 90 day stay. Um, and like I said before, you can call ASIC Recovery. You can call us at FromBeardToTheBible.com and we can do an assessment and figure out what level of care you or your loved one needs. Um, we talked a little bit about an intervention. So that's if you need help getting somebody to the next step or need help intervening on your loved one, um, there are tools for that too. And you don't have to do that alone. And then um, after someone goes through an intervention, detox, residential treatment, um, they come back home to the next level of care, if you will. I, I call it an insurance policy. If you go to IOP, you can go by yourself or after you go through residential, it's an insurance policy. It's you're, you're going to work again. You're in the evenings, you're getting education on drug and alcohol addiction. Um, and then you're working on some other things, mm -hmm. you know, mental health, anxiety, depression. Um, it's kind of a glorified counseling session, but Absolutely. you also get individual counseling sessions while you're there. Well, there's sometimes you go back home to family, you go back to work and some of these, these anxieties come back up and you sure. have stuff that you need to work through. And now you realize there's some other stuff I haven't dealt with. Yeah. So it's kind of able to dip your foot in back to what, you know, society and then realize there's some other stuff I may need to work on that I didn't think about while I was in, inpatient. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people go through uh, residential treatment and their discharge planner um, meets with them and they are like, no, I'm not doing any more recovery stuff. I'm not going to sober living. I'm not going to intensive outpatient. Um, what can a family member do to help um, that situation or encourage that person that, you know, IOP and sober living is 
like I said, kind of an insurance policy. It helps. It is. Um, I mean, honestly, it, statistics say the person is in a, a supportive environment for recovery, the higher the chances are for success. Sure. And so when you say an insurance policy, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you can't, it, it's hard just to go into like 30 days and change years of habits that were formed um, over 30 days. Sometimes that's just, it can happen, but it just, it's hard. And so having some more, you know, time in order to have accountability and to work through issues and stuff like that and to change old habits um, and start new ones, it takes some time. Yeah. So a step down program to me is just, and I want to, um, I want you to talk about a little bit about what that looks like because they feel like they're in jail, you know, when they go to residential treatment, but that's not what it is at all. Um, you're being loved on for the first time in a long time. You're getting counseling services that you hadn't gotten before. Um, you're working on your trauma. You're working on why you started in the first place. You're understanding 12 step recovery. Um, a lot of times you find God, a God of your understanding that you never had before or that you lost a long time ago. Um, and I think some people just leave there and they, they just want to go home They're You know, they've been in this bubble um, and they just don't understand the significance that the next level of care has. And just to let you sober living and IOP, you can go back to your day to day. You know, yeah. you're not trapped. You're just going to three uh, counseling sessions per week, three group sessions mm -hmm. per week, and getting a little bit more education on what is going on with you. Absolutely. And it's, it's the question is, is what's the resistance about? And if it's really you want to get to your family or whatnot, you're still able to see them. You're still able to go to work. You're still able to do all these other things. You just got a different place that you're going to spend a little bit more time for accountability and to have people around you with, you know, like-minded people. When you go back to the family, you know, they, they don't understand sometimes. All they've seen you for your past is what it looked like. And so there's an adjustment period for not just, you know, the addict or alcoholic coming in, but the family. Yeah. And there's a trust process that has to be built. And some of that actually is gained through knowing that you're willing to go and do whatever the extra mile, which is, you know, the sober living and IOP. Um, and then there's that level of surrender of like, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do for my recovery yeah. to have a new experience with life and, and a higher power. Walk us through what, um, you know, a month in sober living and IOP looks like or three months of what that looks like. Yeah, so we we like to have a three-month commitment and I've had people go, ooh, I don't know. And and I've, I've on a, sometimes I'll make exceptions with that. It's still just a commitment, but we've had people that have come in here. Recently, we had a guy come in and he committed to a month and he stayed a year. Awesome. And now he's, he left successfully and, he, and he's doing well. Um, the thing is, is it's just what we have made up in our mind of what it looks like. Yeah. Same thing when we were going to inpatient. So, you know, basically you wake up, um, chores gotta be done by 10. Um, we do um we don't do prayer and meditation like some of these other places that are mandated because i want to encourage them to find their spiritual journey and their spiritual path yeah you know if i feel like i'm making them do it all the time that's just i mean i feel like now they're just doing it because they're being made to sure. i'd rather them find out when they're not doing it what it looks like yeah and then when they realize i'm leaving that out and they go start doing it they have that aha moment like oh so God is part of this and there's a difference and he's making a difference in my life when I start doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we require them to do at least 30 hours. Um, actually, I mean, phrase that 20 hours uh, of work a week um, as they're in the IOP process um, or school or service work. Um, and then 
they're required to do three outside meetings. We also have three in-house meetings. One of them's kind of an outhouse meeting, but it's a Fort Worth CA that they go to on Thursdays. And on Tuesdays, we have um, our, an in-house meeting. We also have, um, I'll go ahead and say too, an aftercare. So anybody that completes um, or goes through at least a three-month process or can, completes the IOP, whether they're in sober living or IO, IOP alone, we offer up to a, a year for free, um, which is on Tuesdays at uh, 6, uh, 6.30 um and it's completely free because we want to make sure that they have that support for you know that first year is the most important yeah absolutely um okay so uh we're gonna wrap up i just wanted what advice do you have for others still struggling and wanting help out there mm, um surrender to win um i had that conversation the other day and that's just what it is it doesn't make sense sounds counterproductive but trusting the process that other people are, have sobriety and they know what they're talking about, take suggestions and be willing to do um, what's asked. Absolutely. And if anybody needs um, intervention services, counseling services, recovery, coaching, or sober living, they can find you at? ASICrecoveryServices.com. And what's the phone number? Ooh, now you got me. <laughs> <laughs> ASICrecoveryServices.com. Or you can reach us at From Beer to the Bible, and we're happy to point you that direction. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on today and sharing all that you do at ASIC Recovery Services and sharing a little bit about your personal story and testimony. Absolutely. Thanks for having me out. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.